This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, January 27, 2023. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, how transport unions are helping seafarer families in Ukraine. The International Day for Education and War. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. This is Radio Labour. When the war in Ukraine started in February 2022, thousands of seafarers were on their vessels away from their families. Immediately, the European Transport Workers Federation, the ETF, and the International Transport Workers Federation, the ITF, began to organize assistance. I talked to Jacqueline Smith about the role of the ETF and the ITF in Ukraine. Ms. Smith is the ITF's maritime coordinator. I reached her in her office in London. Ms. Smith, when the war in Ukraine started, many seafarers were on their vessels while their families were in cities being attacked by the Russian Federation. Do you have any idea how many Ukrainian seafarers were outside the country when all this started? Uh, Ukrainian seafarers are probably the fifth largest labor-providing country in the world. So I would say that they might have been around 20,000 to 50,000. That's a lot of people. There's a lot of seafarers. What did the ITF and unions do to help? The unions contacted us and we tried to help evacuate the families from those areas that were under attack. So we quickly, together with ITF Seafarers Trust, organized logistics so that they could be bused away from those areas into safer areas and then later on fly out of the country to Romania. But there was also not Ukrainian seafarers, but international seafarers that were stuck on ships in Ukrainian ports. We had registered about 103 vessels that were stuck in Ukrainian ports, and that was about 1,500 international seafarers, the seafarers from all over the world, India, Sri Lanka, Philippines, that we were trying to assist to leave the country at the same time. The ETF and the ITF established a fund to help transport workers in Ukraine. How much has been raised and what have the funds been used for? So originally it was the European Transport Workers Federation that established a fund and then the ITF decided to establish a fund as well. So it was logical for the two organizations to do a joint fund. And this was uh, agreed in April in, in 2022. And half of the money has come from the International Transport Federation. And the remainder has come from either the ETF or the affiliates. And it's about uh, 400,000 pounds has been, uh, has been raised and spent. And what we've used the funds for, first and foremost, because we established also an advisory board of the three UK Ukrainian affiliates. So uh, MTWTU, which is our seafarers affiliate, and then two rail affiliates. And each of the leaders in, in those unions were a member of the advisory board. And, and it was agreed that we would focus on humanitarian goods. 
So it would be food packages, uh, sanitary items, children's packages, you know, with uh, drying materials. It was also what they needed immediately. It was solar batteries, generators, water filters, waterproof socks, and heaters, especially coming into wintertime. How can unions and their members contribute to that fund? So we sent out circulars to the affiliates of where they can contribute the funds, that they can send that into a, a bank account in the ITF. We will be sending out again because uh, we've, we have used the funds. We have used the money that we've raised so far, and that's been the intent of it. So we want to try to raise more. So that's our website, and we've also sent circulars to our affiliates. You attended a meeting held in Ukraine recently. One of the topics of that meeting was the children of transport workers. Tell us about that. What was decided? Well, often when we think of how, what we can do to help in these types of warlike situations, we think about you know, the material needs. And one of the issues that was raised is the trauma that war has on children and the need to support them to work through that trauma and to be more positive about the future. So we were thinking about trying to see if in the future we could have retainers with children psychologists to help the children of transport workers work through that trauma that they've experienced. Your meeting, the one you held just recently, was held in Ukraine. Were you not worried? I think everyone gets worried when you talk about or even consider going into a country that you know is in war. At the same time, even though there's no guarantees, we knew that the unions would not take us to an area that was uh, under attack or occupied. So we flew into Budapest and drove just over the border to Ukraine. And at no given time did we ever feel insecure or exposed. So, yeah, I think just the thought of it made us worried. But the thought of being there and showing them solidarity and moral support was more important. Investing in education is the best option to bring peace. That is Johannes Benti, a member of the Executive Board of Education International. EI is the Global Union for Teachers and Other Education Workers. It supports education workers who are trying to bring free public quality education to students around the world. January 24th is the International Day for Education, a day set aside to remind people about the importance of education at the global level. For example, one of the ways teachers help promote peace is to support teachers caught in war zones, such as the one in Ethiopia. Ethiopia is a country in the Horn of Africa. In November 2020, the Ethiopian government began military operations in Tigray, a region in the north of the country. The fighting forced more than 2 million people to flee their homes and left at least 2.3 million in need of assistance. A fragile peace was established in November 2022. Here's Mr. Benti. The northern part of Ethiopia, there was a war um, that began in November 2020. Um, That has really affected a lot. Uh, Schools were closed and and some, some of them were destroyed. Um, uh, education was not conducted, so teachers are also affected. Um, the impact of the war was really huge, um, not only schools, but also um, social services like health and 
others were really not serving and uh, the impact was really huge. Investing in education is the, the best option um, to bring peace because peace education, I mean, I mean uh, supporting children learn about tolerance, coexistence, peace education, um, I mean, the value of education is enormous and uh, investing in education, investing in quality education uh, is the best remedy to bring peace. Uh, so, yeah, it's very important. Yeah, it's well researched, well discussed, and still we advocate for investment in education. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to coverage of the huge wave of strikes sweeping Europe. Workers walked off the job in, amongst other places, Greece, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Cyprus, the United Kingdom, France, Spain, Portugal, the Netherlands, and there were signs from Canada, at least, that the trend is spreading as workers around the world react to inflation and moves by governments and employers hoping to catch unions on the back foot after the pandemic. On our Working Women page, you will find a statement from the AFL-CIO, the United States' largest central labor body, in which it recommits itself to the right of women to control their own bodies. We also had news of yet another strike by the exclusively women rural development workers in India and progress in the campaign for menopause leave in the United Kingdom. Stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week included a study which concludes that an astonishing 83% of Irish retail workers have been subjected to harassment at work. We also covered claims that South African police are being targeted for assaults so that their firearms can be stolen and used to commit other crimes, and demands for justice for the 42 workers who died in a Turkish mine blast last October. Our current photo of the week is of just a few of the great many South Korean police who twice raided the offices of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions last week. The raids are part of a pattern of judicial harassment by the right-wing president of the country. An astonishing 1,000 police officers have been assigned to investigate, if that's the right word, an alleged violation of the Korean National Security Act by union leaders. Labor Start hosts online solidarity actions at the request of unions around the world. This week we'd like to highlight urgent appeals for online solidarity with trade unions in Belarus, Turkey, the Philippines, Canada, Myanmar, and Kazakhstan. If you can spare just a few seconds, you can do your part in these struggles by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of these and other campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is equality for you and me. We want to love. 
for You and Me was produced by ITUC Asia Pacific and sung by Maggie Kadabak and Danny Kadabak. And that's it. Labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. <laughs>